Tim's on the slowdown. David's now on Facebook. It's TechFan433. Techman Podcast number 433. I am Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. And uh, a little bit, everything's a little slow for me right now. <laughs> it's like waiting through molasses. It's kind of exactly that. So it's not quite that bad. But so to catch up the listeners, uh, I don't have my iMac right now. Mm. It is getting, it is often to the either getting a new screen and uh, hopefully getting the 32 gigabytes of RAM that I want in it installed. Yeah. Um, I should have it by the time we do Geeks Pub. Right. Uh, but on the plus side, you're sitting there much safer than you were before because you're not going to have large sheets of glass falling on you. That's right. <laughs> um, so to uh, my initial thought was, well, I, I know the iMac that I replaced was in bad shape, and it crashed a lot and things just... It wasn't good, but if I do one thing at a time, it seemed to be okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll just hook that back up. And that was a mistake. Well, it, yeah. It, it's worse than I remembered it being. Yeah. There's a reason I replaced it. Yeah, and not, not only that, um, the thing is when you do this show, you're not really doing one thing with, at a time with it, are you? No, I've got to have a web browser running. I've got to have, and in the web browser, I'll have multiple pages plus wire. Yeah. Then I have to have GarageBand running, yeah. and I have to have my uh, mobile pre-USB plugged in. Uh, so there, it's doing multiple things, no yeah. question. But believe it or not, it's the, the problem there is GarageBand. Yeah. And the problem with GarageBand is that it's writing to the hard drive, which I think is shot. Yeah. So that wasn't really a viable option. I do have a backup machine, and I think I've talked about how I got this machine in the past, I don't remember. Did I ever discuss how I got this machine? Uh, I, I, I vaguely. Well, I, I, I remember the story, but then I don't know. It's because you told me in person. Because uh, a couple of years ago at Max Stock, you had it with you. Yeah. Uh, and um, we may have talked about it offline. Then I can't remember whether you talked about it on the show or not. Uh, so uh, I have a. I, I, I think I should say I had a client because I really don't do a lot of consulting stuff anymore. Um, and they wanted me to, and I, I would go out to this house quite a bit. And it's about 45 minutes to an hour drive north of me. And these people have money too. He played in the NFL. Um, and he, he was a professor, so they've got money. Mm-hmm. So I get out there on one of my, uh, for a while there, I was going out there like every three to four weeks. It was kind of crazy. And she wanted me to work on her iMac. And then when I got there, she also wanted to know, how she could essentially pull a hard drive out of a laptop that her daughter had taken to college but didn't need anymore. And that computer was a 2008 17-inch MacBook Pro with 4 gigs of RAM. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I can't really do that here. I didn't bring my tools. Um, I, could, I could take it home if you want. I mean, you could yeah. do a low-level format on it, but... It takes a little bit of time, but 
And the machine looked like it was in great shape. I mean, just it looked really, really nice. Yeah. And, and so I said, and she goes, oh, could you do that? I was like, yeah, because they were really concerned about stuff that was on that computer. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I could take it home, no problem. And she goes, uh, well, how much would you would you charge for that? And I said, oh, I don't know, probably about an hour. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, do you want to just keep the computer after you pull it, the hard drive? And I said, well, yeah, sure. So my cost, if you will, to open this computer up, and yank the hard drive was to keep the computer. Yeah. Seemed fair to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I pulled that hard drive. I put it in my external uh, toaster, if you will, and just completely nuked the hard drive. Wrote yeah. zeros on it, seven-time pass. Oh, they didn't it, want the dice off it. They just wanted to be sure it was They just delicious. wanted it to be gone, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I just, I just I zeroed out all the data. And uh, in the meantime, I put a uh, SSD in this machine, which mm-hmm. gave it all new life. Yeah. So it's running now um, El Capitan, mm-hmm. uh, version 10.11.6. That's as high as you can go with this machine. Uh, it's got a one terabyte, I think. Is it one terabyte? I think it might be smaller than that. Let me take a look at the hard drive. Get info. Um no, it's got a 120 gigabyte SSD. Yeah, on it. I was going to say a one terabyte SSD, particularly a few years ago, was quite an investment. I'd be surprised if you'd done that. I think this is one I just had laying around yeah. too. Yeah. So I popped it in there and, and formatted that drive, and it, I barely used. It. I've got maybe 10 to 20 hours up until this week on this. I would take it to Mac stock. That's what, yeah. like you were saying. Um, I was. Uh, it was never really my machine that I was taking on the road with me to when I was at OWC because I had a 15-inch MacBook Pro that I would bring with me. And not only that, it's a 17-inch. They're not. I would suspect one of the reasons that it was in such good condition from that lady is because her daughter took it to college, set it up on the desk in her dorm room, and never moved it because most people do that with the 17 inches. Right. It's you a know. big machine. Yeah, they're not. They're not. I did actually try for a. Um, probably about six months, uh, maybe about five, six years ago, actually using one as my daily driver. Um, and it was, don't get me wrong, it was fantastic when you sat down to use it. Oh, but, the screen's great. But yeah, but but moving around with it was a drag. It was so heavy. And, of course, yeah. the reason I justified that to myself is kind of, you know, when I first started my career, and, and for quite some time later, all laptops were that weight. Yeah. You know, so I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, I can manage it. But yes, yeah, so then I, I just eventually I just decided I was just kind of, you know, being silly. So I stopped carrying it around. But well, um, think about this. This is a 12 year old computer that is doing pretty much anything I want it to do slowly, like you said. Yeah. And it does not handle some of the more modern web pages and stuff like that blazingly fast. Facebook is a good example. You load Facebook and it takes a few seconds to kind of get there. Whereas it's instant on my iMac. I mean, it's yeah. literally instant. It's like opening a folder. I mean, it's, it's there. Um, but, you know, I, I can't really complain. Oh, it's more stable than the iMac sitting on the floor next to yeah. me right now. Um, but it, it, the damn thing just keeps on working. Well, I've got a new battery in it too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. That was the other thing. The battery was swollen and the trackpad wasn't working. So, yeah, I've got a story to say about that. I have a machine like that upstairs in a box that, uh, you know, I kind of picked up on my travels. Kind of, you know, you know me. I'm always on eBay buying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and the machine had um, a broken key on the keyboard. And it wasn't just um, broken as in the key top was missing. Actually, the all the little tiny metal hooks that all the mechanism for the key um, attached to are all ripped off on the board. So you can't just replace wow. the key. So the right. whole keyboard needs replacing. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I kind of... It, this as you, as you say, this is an old machine. So I, I kind of left it in a box for probably about 12 months, something like that, while I kind of got around to getting a keyboard. And funnily enough, I en- ended up finding one for a decent price in the States. And um, when I was over there last February, I had it shipped to my mum while I was there, and I brought it home with me. And I've been meaning to um, replace that keyboard, basically take the top case off. Much easier to... Um, to do stuff on these older machines because they're not uh, the unibody ones. So they're, right. they're much easier to take apart. Um, and uh, when I came to do it, I obviously at the start of lockdown, that was a time I thought, oh, well, I've got some time to do it. Yeah. I opened the box up and uh, kind of, it, it's in the original box. So it's in really good condition and all of that. But when I opened the box up, it all seemed to be off. Yeah, before I pulled everything out, there was it was bulging up. And I thought, what the hell's this? Anyway, I opened the machine up, uh, took the machine out. And the battery has swelled to no word of a lie about four times its normal size. Yep. It has, the whole case of the batteries come apart, uh, and basically it looks like somebody has pumped a uh, has plugged an airline into the side and really inflated it as far as it will go. Um, and um, yeah, poor battery. Did you pull it out and? Oh yeah, it? I, I've, it's still uh, the 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 laptop's back in the box. And the battery has kind of been sat on the bed in the spare room ever since I noticed it. Because before I throw it out, there's two problems with throwing it out. First of all, um, lockdown, so uh, no proper recycling or um, access to any facilities like that. You can't throw these things in the trash. Um, so it, You can, but... Well, you shouldn't. Um, right. Yeah, so, so that's the first thing. And secondly, I actually want to take a picture of it and post it up on Reddit or something like that to kind of go, you know... <laughs> Look what I'm on to my battery. Well, it's well, quite... well, within a few minutes of uh, finishing the podcast today, take a picture of it yeah. and send it to me so I can use it as a show graph. Okay, I will do. And you know what? I'm going to um, post it on Facebook because I started using Facebook. And uh, yeah. my wife said to me this morning, she said, oh, no, you just said, have you posted anything on Facebook? Um, and I haven't actually posted anything there yet. So that will be my first uh no, oh, because Facebook I'm friends with post. both Leanne and you on Facebook. Yeah. You for years, but you just never used it. Yeah. Um, and Leanne about a year ago and or so when we became friends on Facebook. And so occasionally I'll see a picture of you or the kids or what have you on Facebook. Mm. And she posted a real nice, because as we record this, it is Father's Day. Yep. And she posted a real nice uh, picture of you and the kids on a Thomas the Train type of looking kitty yeah. ride. Yeah, that's right. It's um, There's a theme park here in Britain that actually has a whole Thomas land. Um, yeah, it looks like it was about 10, 12 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a long, long time ago. Yeah, because it, certainly Charlotte in that picture is only about two, three years old. So, Well, I thought, wow, yeah. David lost some weight. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> that's old. <laughs> actually, I saw that picture, and the first thing I thought to myself was, oh, wow, I've done well not to put on too much weight in that time. So, <laughs> Yeah. So um, oh boy. so yeah, but here's going back to the, the, the MacBook Pro, so here's the thing. Uh, and I said to the issue before you started, everything's slower, it's a core yeah. two duo. Um but the the real important upgrade you've done with that is the SSD. 
Um, oh, yeah, that made a huge yeah. difference. But, you know, you're doing the show on it. Everything's slower, yeah. but there's not many things that you can do today on a brand new MacBook Pro that you couldn't, that, that just basically wouldn't wouldn't happen at all on that machine. They might be slow enough to be to be nearly unusable, say if you're trying to render 4K video. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you're not, it's not a workflow computer, but if you're just coming home from work, as I do, and I just want to check email, check on Facebook, check a couple websites, maybe watch a YouTube video, um, it's fine for that. It, and, it's no problem. And, I mean, uh, it's slow, but yeah, so what? It's slow, but that just means you're waiting for things. I mean, even if you want to do something more advanced than that, office work it would, would be fine. I mean, and, and like completely fine, um, unless you had like really big spreadsheets or something. But even, you know, photography and, and stuff like that. I mean, people back in the day, those were the software machines. They would be running Photoshop on there. They would be running Lightroom on there. They would be managing their workflows on that. In in some respects, probably slower even than you are today because they wouldn't have had an SSD. And, um, you know, a 12-year-old computer that's still completely utterly usable for probably 75% of what most people would want to do on a on a, a you know a big computer and you have a big full size screen well let's talk about that for a second uh-huh. um there was a problem because it's that weird dvi plug coming out of the macbook pro nice. which no problem yes but I, industry I, standard not that weird yeah. <laughs> so i i went from dvi how am i going to plug it into my big asus monitor it's 27 inch yeah um, so the first thing I did, I was, I started digging through my cords and I found a DVI to VGA adapter. Yeah. So I tried that and it was horrible. Yeah. Well, VGA no is horrible. what I did. Well, yeah, <laughs> but no matter what I did, I could, I mean, I, it, it was bad. I mean, it was unusable bad. And then I figured out, you know what? I think this VGA cable is shot. I don't think. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be this bad. Yeah. So I found another VGA cable that was too short, so I basically had to stand the MacBook Pro up on its side right. to even yeah. test it. And then that was better, but it still kind of looked like ass. Well, yeah, that's unfortunately that's VGA. And also, I have found, particularly from doing um, some of this kind of old computer stuff that I've been playing around with the last few weeks, is that because not many people use VGA anymore... Um, VGA, the VGA electronics in modern monitors are not really that good. It, no. uh, it's real bargain basement stuff, mm-hmm. which, and, and because VGA is an analog signal, that means that, you know, the timing of the electronics and its ability to match uh, phase and voltages and that sort of thing can be important and can really affect the uh, the picture. And so what tends to happen is that, um, you know, if you've got a computer that's got VGA in it, the electronics coming out the VGA port can it will give you a much better signal and the monitor will lock onto it fine. It'll look look okay. It'll look, you know, great. Yep. But, so my, my yeah. second But, but you're, you haven't that you haven't got that because you're using dongles and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. You know, and it's kind of a shame because one of the good things that you don't get on the modern computers is that actually has a proper physical video port, which is the DVI port. So the second go around was um a proper DVI, the full size, to a mini DVI into yeah. the monitor. That worked, but it still didn't look great. Hmm. I mean, it, it it just didn't look great. Uh, no anti-aliasing on the text, so the text is jagged. Yeah. Um, and it, But I can get at least a decent-sized monitor going. It yeah. wasn't squishing it up. 
Um, because every time I would change the resolution, I would get the monitor would give me the warning uh, signal out of sync. Mm-hmm. And then okay. I have to hit enter and revert it back. So what resolution is your actual monitor? The the 27 uh, inch? So um, 4K? Yes. So I, one of the reasons... 20, could... No, no, it's not 24K. It's uh, 2560 by 1440. Okay. So, so that's 2K. I, I mean, really, the a MacBook Pro should be able to cope with that uh, well my last solution that is running it now is the dvi to an hdmi adapter which into is the, the hdmi which is port. the best way of doing it yep and i am running it right now at uh 25 60 by 1440 yeah and the, it, uh, it's working but there's it the the nvidia geoforce 8600 graphic card it's only 512 yeah. megabytes is way not powerful enough to run this monitor effectively. It's only doing it at 60 megahertz. Yeah. So, so it so still looks assy. Video looks fine, yeah. which is funny because most people think it's the opposite. Text looks terrible. So, but... yeah, there's two reasons for that. First of all, um, I'm looking at every Mac at the moment, which is a great site, mm-hmm. by the way, if you've got one of these old computers. So the maximum resolution you can support on there is 2560 by 1600. So you're pushing up towards the edge. But yeah. I think the second thing is that these later operating systems, because back the even even that back then with El Capitan, um, Apple was selling computers with, with Retina displays. Yes. The font scaling is designed for Retina, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look very good on non-Retina displays. Oh, it, it looks it looks worse than yeah. yeah it, it looks bad. Exactly. And so if I took, if I take the same window right now, GarageBand, for instance. Yeah. Um. Where you know where it shows vocals and all that stuff, yeah. it's almost unreadable. I can read it, but not very yeah. well. It looks, it looks that, horrible. If I put that yeah. over on the iMac or the uh, MacBook Pro screen itself, it looks perfect. Yeah, and and that's really and so that's a, a software problem in Apple. It's absolutely nothing to do with the age of the computer that much. It's just the way the OSs have, have been designed nowadays. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if you could find some hacks out there that people have done to help fix it on older computers. Probably, um, I'm not going to bother, though. No, well, no, exactly. It's I'll a temporary, temporary thing for you. I mean, I've got to yeah. be honest, if I were in your position, I probably wouldn't have bothered with the external monitor because you've got, uh, you know, quite a nice high-res monitor on the 17-inch anyway. I know, I'm spoiled, though. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm... It was a technical solution that I had yeah. to figure out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It gave you a chance to play with stuff, so... Well, but then I would have to move the big 27-inch mo- monitor out of here, including all the cables and all the things yeah, sitting on the base itself. I, I get you. And, I get you. Yeah, it was you know. it was ten minutes worth of work that I didn't want to do, yeah. just to have to redo it all in a couple of days. Yeah, I, look, I've got to be honest with you. When it comes to the podcast, um, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm doing. I've been using this new kit that I bought uh, a couple of months ago now, and I'm kind of really grokking the concept of doing a podcast without using a computer at all, um, because everything is so much more reliable because it's all plugs and cables. It's not mm-hmm. relying on software, um, yeah. and my board. You know, is a is a mixer. I plug everything in, but it records directly to SD card as well. And um, then I pull the audio off afterwards, and then I can do what on on the computer. But I don't have to worry about software failing. No, so it's a good way. You should t- uh, send me a, me- a Facebook message, haha, <laughs> uh, on the on the board you're using, because I wouldn't mind upgrading that. I've been look. I I'm using a microphone. Yeah. That you can actually see if you if you're following me on Facebook or you. Or a friend of mine on Facebook. Uh, if you go into the, my profile and look through videos, you'll see. Uh, I'm gonna say it's 2008. A WWMT 
It's a local CBS affiliate here in West Michigan. A story they did on Chad Perry and I doing the MyMac podcast. I remember that. And you can actually see both the microphone I'm talking into right now as well as the mobile pre-USB. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was... That was twelve. That's when this compute, this MacBook Pro was brand new. Yeah, well, that's the other advantage of um, kind of proper audio gear is that it doesn't age. It, you know, no, it lasts. It lasts. It, it's designed. Not only that, it's designed to be reliable because that's what you want in audio production. You're right. But you actually, can't have problems. Yeah, it's well, you know, you can have problems. Obviously, things get bashed about and connections fail and that sort of thing. But it doesn't. It doesn't stop working. It doesn't become right. less useful over time. Um, right, you know. and this thing is rock solid, which is why I've never upgraded. Yeah. But that being said, I wouldn't mind upgrading. Yeah, I'm not looking at upgrading the microphone. This is, no, well, there's I've no got need two to. Of them, actually, I, I, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. The problems I've had with this this unit I'm using, which is a Zoom Live Track L L8. Yeah, the problems I've had with this have been been my user error. There's nothing actually wrong with the board at all, and this is right, great. That's because, usually the case. Yeah, the, I'm using um, the microphone I have is a. Uh, it's basically it's a copy of the Shure SM58, which is right. a classic vocal yep. microphone. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah, it's a dynamic microphone, so that plugs straight to one one input on the board. Um, then the the good thing about this particular unit is that it comes with um what it, uh, it comes with a built-in mix minor setup for recording audio. Um, How much was it? Uh, I think it was about uh, I paid about three hundred pounds for it, so it's about four hundred dollars maybe. Yeah, and then this uh, basically this has a three and a half millimeter cable jack that goes straight into my iPhone, and then basically any any it sends everything. It takes all the input off the iPhone, but then it sends everything back to the iPhone except for itself which is what you need for audio recording. So basically any inputs coming in here, if I were to play um, something off the sound pads or anything, you would hear, and you're hearing my voice live, but it's not sending back the audio that's coming in from you. So uh, you, 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 you're not even using a computer right no, now? No, I don't use a phone. computer. I plug my iPhone into, to avoid my crappy internet, I plug my iPhone into the board, run wire on there, and then I turn off the Wi-Fi on the iPhone so that I'm using 4G. Yeah, um, and that way I get a reliable signal that's not affected by what's going on in the house. Uh, and that's then, pretty awesome. Yeah, and then it also so it records it records you on a single track, it records me my microphone on a single track, it routes my microphone to you so you can hear me, and then also it records everything to a master stereo track as well, and it does all of those to a separate um, WAV file on an SD card that's plugged into the back of the machine. And Hopefully it's doing its job today because with my setup right now, it's going to be a whole lot easier yeah. for you to create the show exactly. than me, Yeah, uh, which we've done a few times in the past. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. So, um, so let's uh, talk about something else. Sure. Apple is doing starting WWDC tomorrow. I know you're excited about it. I kind of am too. Uh, the big news going around is uh, Apple is switching over to ARM processors. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, the sky is falling post, and I've seen... Um, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, my opinion, not that anybody's really asked, but is I don't care. Um, I get why they're going to do it. it. You know, Apple has been designing their own chips, proprietary chips for a long time now. Uh, they're really, really good. They're probably the best when it comes to making ARM chips. Yep. And... 
I don't see a downside other than some software that's going to be needing upgrading. Um, in fact, all software is. Yeah. But I also don't see that as as a, a negative. I see that as a positive. Mm, yeah. So. Okay. So I have well, some, I have thoughts. <laughs> uh, the, the, my thoughts are, uh, too many developers have just assumed for way too long, and they need to stop assuming. They need to to get back to making their software better. There's so many pieces of software that's kind of languished with no discernible upgrades in a long time, and developers have been making money off this. Yeah. It's it's time to upgrade some of the stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a fair <clears throat> comment. Yeah. Um, my Look, I, I think this is absolutely the right thing for Apple to do. Uh, Intel is consistently year on year boxing it into boxing itself into further corners um oh well it just if you look over you ever watch linus tech reports on yeah. uh youtube yeah mm-hmm. so that's a good one i like that a lot it almost kind of got me into wanting to build a custom pc but yeah I, I can't stay on windows um intel has fallen so far behind uh, and it almost feels like the bureaucracy of Intel is the issue or that they've lost some really key engineers. They're just not the cutting-edge company that they used to be. And if Apple can control... Look, the roadmap for Apple is going to be a whole lot easier to predict. They're not stuck using off-the-shelf Intel processors. So if there could, if the physical design of the machine itself, whether it's an iPhone or a computer or a Mac, um, the operating system, and then the processor itself, yeah. If you control all three things, their machines are going to be so much more power efficient. They're going to be way more powerful because you you can literally create the OS to take advantage of. Not just multi-core, but multi-processors at the same time. Yeah, that's way more power efficient. Mm-hmm. So you can get, you know, a, a computer with an ungodly amount of custom chips that each one does its own thing, and the Mac knows how to use it. This is yeah. one for just this task. This entire processor does nothing but render video. Yep. You know it. it Long term, I think it's the way the smartest route to go. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I use a um, Microsoft has been looking at this as well. They about three four years ago uh, announced that they were porting Windows to ARM. Um, yeah, but they use off the shelf ARM they, yeah, processors they, yeah, but, to do it. But here's the thing: even there are some limitations with a Windows on ARM PC. I have one. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've had a couple actually. I'm a really big fan of them. I absolutely love the computers. Right, um, they are great mobile computing devices um, because I have this. Uh, the one I have at the moment is an Asus uh, Novago. Um, it's a nice laptop. It, um, don't get me wrong; they were they were expensive for what what they deliver. I didn't buy mine new; I bought my used for a bargain. Um, and at Dirt. the price they were selling them for originally, which was nearly a thousand dollars, they weren't great. They aren't. They're not great value machines, but. When you're actually running Windows 10 on, on these things, when you run the, the stuff that's compiled for Windows, like the stuff that's built into the operating system, it flies. It yep. really is. It really, it really works really well. The only time those computers are slow is when they're running 
emulation to run old Intel x86 software. So it has it's capable of doing that. The problem then is that you're effectively running two systems at once. Right. It, the performance is adequate. It's not great, but it you know what it's not it's not terrible compared to you know say um, a low end Atom computer from about four or five years ago. It's kind of like that on the earlier generations, um, which again is manageable. It's, it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing office stuff, which most people who buy these sort of Windows 10 laptops are, it's perfectly fine, to be honest. The advantage the ARM chip gives you is that the battery life of this of the computer is between 15 and 20 hours. Exactly. Which is just phenomenal. phenomenal. Now, that's a yeah. non-optimized system, yeah, using off-the-shelf Qualcomm parts. If you bring Apple's um, better-performing chips to the party, together with that software optimization you talked about, I expect these things to be astonishing both yeah, in I power and battery life, which yep. is exactly what you want in the laptops, which is mm-hmm. their biggest selling line. You know, the, the downside... Outside, the, outside of iOS, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, obviously, uh, iOS has always been designed from the ground up for an, for an ARM chip, but iOS has other limitations, which which we know about. We've talked about yep. the multitasking and the background processing and that sort of thing, which is is uh, is, is a, a, a kind of an artificial limitation in iOS because... Apple just doesn't want to really address it properly. Um, but on, on OS ten, you know, I, I think this will be really good. My worries come from the fact that um, Apple's software development of late has not been their most shining part of the company. Um, yeah, I at, wonder about that, that yeah. maybe some of these teams for the past year or two have been writing new software for the the Mac apps, but under ARM. Yeah. We worry, know they have yeah. because if they are switching to ARM, they've got to have this demonstration. They've got to have the toolkits ready to go for developer. Yeah. I mean, we know they've been doing it. Yeah. So if they've been doing it, maybe that's where some of their you know competency is gone. Well, I hope so. Um, what what would worry me is that they will, you know, they'll produce a version of OS ten running on ARM that actually is is not great, that has bugs in it, uh, and the problem is Apple has really starting to build up a reputation now for a lot of the system level bugs that kind of affect small parts of the operating system that are not not directly in your face when you go in the Apple store um, are bugs that they never get around to fixing, have been there for years and never get done. Now redeveloping the OS is an opportunity to really try and address some of those things my worry is because of time and pressure and maintaining iOS as well uh, and all of the other things that go on inside Apple at, at this time, um, my worry is that actually they won't get around to fixing some of that stuff and then we'll end up with a version of uh, OS X. I mean, let's face it, we get a version of OS X based on Catalina, which has some pretty major bugs in it and has not been that well received, then on transition or not, that's not necessarily much of an improvement. So I'm really hoping that uh, moving to ARM kind of re- re-dynamizes the software development side of Apple for the Mac, and we see better Mac apps coming forward, not just the operating system, but maybe, you know, some of their, um, maybe some new applications would be nice. They used to write applications, you remember? They used to write pages and numbers and, um, you know, uh, iPhoto and GarageBand and things like that, and they were great apps, and sometimes it feels like they've been kind of left in iPhoto that. in particular. Yeah, well, iPhoto's gone now. It's been replaced by um, like a poor copy. Well, of, photos. Yeah, 
but, it's, but, yeah. but, but Photos is, a, is basically it's a poor port of the iOS Photos app. It's not iPhoto yeah. by any stretch poor, of imagination. Poor being the uh, optimal word there. And this is this is what I'm hoping for, is that instead of continuing to get poor software from Apple, going to ARM means that we start getting better software from Apple rather than the same rubbish we've had up until now. So it'd be interesting to see. And and then I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, the other thing is compatibility. So how are they going to deal with with um code run that currently runs only on Intel processors? They've been through well, this when they went from PowerPC, yeah, when they went when they went from PowerPC to Intel, they had the Rosetta thing that actually was a pretty good translator of uh, on the fly translator. Well, of, they also went from x86 the or the 8088 chips to PowerPC. 68,000 well. chips, or six, yeah. 68,000 yeah. uh, to, to PowerPC. So, yeah. and look, there, there's probably not a lot of people at Apple that were there for that transition, yeah. but there's a history there. So no, There's plenty I, of people who remember Rosetta. Yeah, um, I'm the, not worried about it. Yeah, the difficulty is, as I said, on the Windows side, <clears> the x86 emulator that runs in Windows um, is, you know, you, you really take a big performance hit well, the problem with Windows is Microsoft has made a commitment for backwards compatibility forever. Yeah. And it's been the thing that's that's harmed Windows for many, many years. A lot of diehard Windows users want Microsoft to make a clean break from legacy crap like that. Yeah. And Intel, when they're doing their chips right now, are focused on legacy as well. Yeah, they have the same problems. Yeah. Exactly the same yeah. problem. And they're in this infinite loop that they create new chips, but they got to add the backwards compatibility, and it's just over yeah. and over. If those two companies would just get together and say, you know what, from this point on, 2022, we are not, we're not supporting any of the old software. We're just not. Yeah. And will it be a hardship for some businesses? Sure. But you know what? Progress means you have to leave the old stuff behind sometimes. You know what the the, the difficult. Defund, yeah. I'm sorry. Defund Intel. <laughs> I, I the problem is uh, the the legacy of these two, both of these companies they've tried to do this before and they've spectacularly failed. Intel had a chipset called Itanium that came out in the what late late nineties, and they tried very hard to sell that to people and nobody bought it because they wanted well, x86 compatibility. And right. similarly, and that was because of Microsoft as well. Well, you know what? There was, there was history there, but I, I think the, the problem is Microsoft did port windows to Itanium back then. I mean, you could buy a full Itanium system running windows, but the problem is nobody would recompile their apps for it. Right. And they didn't have the leverage to do that. And this is a problem that Microsoft has continued to face. They've tried three or four times to re, uh, re-architect windows so that they don't have to rely on that backward compatibility um and um you know windows rt was an attempt to do that windows rt was an attempt to do exactly what apple are about to do yep. an arm-based computer running an arm-based version of windows yeah that needed you to basically redevelop your apps to run on it there was no there was no x86 compatibility there at all you had to you had to build a new app and it failed they just didn't you know it failed spectacularly as well they through they th literally had a warehouse of that formerly in these things they had to write off um it cost them a fortune so when they came to windows and arm they took a much more conservative approach and the problem of course is what you're seeing with on windows and arm is that very few people are porting their apps to arm on windows um they are relying on the x86 
translation layer, which is slow. So those machines are not taking off either. So Apple definitely has more clout with its developers to actually say, well, our way of the highway. Um, but I'm interested to see how they manage the transition. I'm presuming you will not ever be able to run a Windows VM or Windows Boot Camp on any of these machines. Because I think the only way they could do it, unless they've got some, you know, like voodoo magic x86 translation that, that nobody's ever seen before, which they might have, but... Um, Unless the only they, way they do it is to put an Intel chip in there that, as well. Which was exactly what I said. I said this on Reddit a couple of weeks ago, and people, people thought I was crazy. But that would be the way I would do it. Is um, Yeah, is, just an x86 daughter card. Exactly. That's that, that would be absolutely the way I would do it, is have something mm -hmm. that runs that is a real Intel chip. Because, you know, they, the cost of the system is is going to be down because and maybe they support that on the pro level machines for yeah. the next year or two because they've got space in that machine they can exactly. do it, no problem or even even on the laptops maybe on the bigger macbook pros they have a basically a lower level intel chip in there for compatibility reasons but yeah. also you know that the the performance side of the machine is the arm side um yeah. and that that would be the way i would do it but whether that yep. makes sense Same. cost wise or not and, and probably very, not very few it's interesting you came straight up with that idea because you and me are, are apparently the only only person i've ever come across who's ever had that idea because everyone else i've discussed this with online has kind of scoffed it and like gone no oh, never do that you know um so uh it's interesting they're not as smart as we are uh, obviously you know so speaking yeah. of smart my my wife decided she wanted a new desk Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not sure you really landed that link, but let's just yeah. go with it. <laughs> can't, 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 can't land them all. Um, she wanted a new desk yeah. and she's using, I've got this kind of, uh, I'll come right. It's a crappy desk. <laughs> okay. And I've, I've had it for a very long time. It's, it's, that crappy is the brand, is it? It's, it's crappy it's a, TM brand. It's desk. a uh, corner desk. Right. But it suited my needs just fine. It's particle board with the fake wood veneer over the top. and Like most finishers now. Yep. Um, and I have never really been happy with it, but it's been adequate. And unless the damn thing breaks, I don't care. But at one point, I had bought a second one of these when I had my, my Mac production offices, when I had my podcast studio and mm -hmm. all that. I bought another one. Yeah. And so when she got into all the cricket stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's doing a lot of sewing lately, too, because of the, uh, masks, the masks that she makes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, she said she will make us tech fan masks. Oh, cool. Well, then, as soon as I got on Facebook and I saw her masks she was making, I immediately said to you, where's, where's the tech fan logo? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it would be no problem for her because yeah. the logos themselves are in vinyl, and then yeah. she press, heat presses those onto the masks. Yeah. Uh, she I was worried say... that there might be a, a health concern, so I was the guinea pig to see if you know I died. <laughs> yeah, what? This is some of the, this is some of the uh, crackpot theories going around that they uh, that CO two kind of collects in the mask and stifles you. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, science. <laughs> so she used uh, the longer piece of that corner desk as her desk. Okay. But it's. It's designed to be a corner desk. So, Obviously. you know, yeah. if you're just using one piece of it, it's not the most stable thing. No. And it's not very thick either. No. 
So she's decided she wants a new desk. Which is... So we spent... No, yeah, yeah it's I, 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 th- I think, I've got to be honest with you, from the stuff I've seen she's turning out, I think she's got such a talent for it. Uh, and no question. Like uh, like anything else, you know, if you're, if you're working on producing something, you don't want to have to be worrying about the non-trivial stuff, like your sewing machine collapsing through the desk and things like well, that, you she, know. She would uh, she would have the two cricket machines going, and the whole desk would be shaking back and forth. Right, which is not good. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Probably doesn't so, do much for the machines either. No, it's no. Uh, so we looked for a long time online a desk to buy her, and the ones that she seemed to like were like a thousand dollars or more. And if she's happy with it, I don't care. I'll buy it. But yeah. she didn't want to spend that kind of money. Yeah. So I finally said one day. Well, why don't we just buy a desk? You tell me the dimensions, because we are constrained by the dimensions as well. Yeah. You tell me the dimensions, and we'll get a, a slab of wood, and I will find some really sturdy metal legs that we could put underneath it. Yeah. So the first thing I did was, and once she agreed, I jumped on eBay, mm-hmm. spent about, oh, I don't know, whole 20 minutes finding exactly what I wanted. I found yeah. some really sturdy metal legs. That's actually, instead of two legs on each side, it's three. Right. So it, it would, it, the, the center leg kind of goes inward. So it's going to be extremely stable and they're thick metal. I ordered them straight away. They were like a hundred bucks. Then we started trying to find solid core wood. Do you know how hard it is to find solid core wood? I'll tell you, it's pretty much impossible. Yep. Because, what we ended up with looks like it's solid core, but it's not. No, um, everyone. I mean, it's solid core, but it's not solid wood. Let me put yeah, it that way. Yeah, well, I, it's yeah, it's like you say, some solid bits of wood. Um, you know, you go into the DIY stores now, and everything is kind of some sort of re remanufactured particle board or resin, resin pine. Um, compressed layers and all this sort of thing. It's very, very difficult to find real yep. bits of wood anymore. But, I mean, the top of it and the bottom of it is actual wood. Yeah. So we got a uh, great big giant piece of wood, and the store we went to actually will cut to size. Mm-hmm. And so we had it cut down to size, and we ended up basically with two size desks that are about the same, like two inches apart. And um, she decided she wanted to use, we were going to stain it. We weren't going to paint it. Yep. And she wanted this blue stain that, if you look at the package, it looks really awesome. So we've spent the last week staining and preparing, and I sanded the crap out of this desk because you feel it, and it feels like it's real smooth, but then you look at it and realize it's really not. So I had to rough it up, and then I had to use some really fine, like, 2,400-grit sandpaper to make it silky smooth. Yeah. And so she put this blue stain on there. Well, I did. And she had said, uh, initially, that's way too light. It didn't look like the picture at all. I said, well, you could you could put a second coat on there, but, you know, I don't know how that's going to look. Uh, and I had to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So I did all of this last Sunday. So on Monday, she put the second coat on. I said, don't let it sit there too long. Yep. And she didn't. She put it on there and then, you know, wiped the excess off. And it was as blue as a Smurf. <laughs> and she thought it was bright before. Holy God. <laughs> so now she's very depressed because she basically... She, I, dude, feel, this she was, feels like this she was, ruined her, her wood. Yeah. Her desk, yeah. It, it was way blue. I was like, 
like, wow. And then, um, and, and it's and because it's a stain and not a paint, yeah, it's kind of irremovable. Well, you could sand, but you can only yeah, sand but so the, much. Yeah, but the sand, but the whole point about stain is it sinks into the wood, doesn't it? It doesn't exactly. sit on the top. So you can sand it. It's still going to be blue until you it's get down far It's going to be very enough. blue. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of so, sanding. <laughs> so she was not happy at all with yeah. that. And then she found this video where this guy is using two different color stains. Uh, he starts with the dark, and then he puts this light white stain on top of it. Yeah. Uh, doing a little bit of sanding between, and boy, it really came out cool. So kind she of, thought. Kind of like Bob Ross. Yes. So (laughs) we go out and and we buy another stain. This one is um, uh, not ebony. It was, uh, I don't remember. uh, Not ebony because ebony would be black. Yeah. But this was pretty dark too. Yeah. So we put this stain, one coat above it, immediately wiped it off, and we were really close to what she wanted. So we put another layer on. Yeah. Wipe that one off, and now she is so happy. Oh, it's, and, it's, it's, I've got to be honest, it, it's it's kind of a unique effect. I've never seen anything quite like this before. Oh, me neither. It looks um, like a cloudy sky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. But it actually looks, and, I, and David knows what it looks like because of Facebook, of yeah. course. Um, but it looks a, 10 times better in person because well, you're yeah. not getting the depth or anything in also, the photos. Well, how did you generate this photo? You didn't send it straight from your phone. It looks like you took a picture off no, the I screen. No, I took a picture off the, off the screen, yeah. No. That um, doesn't help either. No. Yeah, I presume in real life it doesn't have those moray patterns on them. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, and then yesterday we put the uh, the first coat of polyurethane on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came out fine, except I can see some brush marks. And when you do polyurethane, at least the one we got, you're supposed to put it on. Um, let it dry, and then you're supposed to sand it and then put two more coats on. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now. It's supposed to rain today, so you can't really sand or do all that kind of stuff in the rain. Yep. I was hoping to be done with this and because it's not going to take a lot to assemble it. Just screw in yep. some legs and turn it over and you're done. Uh, I was hoping to get done with that today so I can get back to making my Sequoia Grill 2.0. Yeah. Um, can't have two projects like that going on, though. No. So the desk comes first. Yeah. Um, hoping to get some work done. I still have to go to my dad's today because it is Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's coming out really well. And it's made me want to redo my desk. Yeah. You know, I want dark wood, though. I don't want the blue. No. I want a I real deep, rich, dark color. Um. But I have to figure out how to put a shelving thing on top of one end of it. Kind of, basically, I want to create recreate the desk I have right now, just a lot more sturdy, and it looks really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, you, you've, the, you've taken some lessons, so yeah. that's good. Off 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 the back of this is uh, it, it's a fun thing to do. Is it tech related? No, but it kind of is because we're using the internet to kind of look. When she thought she ruined this piece of wood, we thought it was over. We thought, well. Yeah. But the thing is, I had another piece. It's about yeah. the same size. Like I said, I was like, well, we can pull the other piece out, and I can start sanding that one. Yeah. Uh, but we saved it, and the end result, every time she walks by it now, she's like, this makes me so happy. Yeah. and not Which on, makes me very yeah, happy. Could, not only that, does she, she ended up with the effect she likes, but, you, you know, you've kind of got, you've got a story behind it, which uh, is always... Yeah. You know, and it's unique. It's, any, it's yeah, definitely any, her desk. Yeah, any piece of furniture is it's nice if it has some sort of story with it. Unfortunately, yep. nowadays, because of modern manufacturing, we you know we tend to buy this kind of off the shelf stuff that 
as as you've said is inside has no soul because it's all you know um it's almost like it's it's been it's been over manufactured overproduced because we take we don't it's the ikeaization of yeah and and furniture. you know what? I, I kind of I, I actually I don't like that term because actually I think IKEA is one of the better manufacturers of this. I know they popularize a lot of the techniques, but their stuff actually has more of a design to it, uh, and often tends yeah, to... yeah. But it's still cheap. That's well, what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, it's at. cheap. But it, but to be to be honest, I always found the IKEA stuff to be um, sturdier than most of the other stuff. The difficulty is is you can the cost doesn't mean anything now. You can go and spend a thousand pounds on a dresser. Which, which from IKEA you could get get for three hundred and fifty pounds, and the thousand pound one won't be any better than the IKEA one. It's just got a huge profit margin on it. Is right. it you know, you, you spend a thousand pounds, that won't get you solid wood paneling, no. um, and uh, you know, craftsman manufactured um, well, joints, and screws, I, and everything like that. My my idea was to find go to some uh, garage sale or these. We have these things called restores. Yeah. Where if let's say a house is going to get demolished, an old house, the restore people will go in and pull the windows and the doors and anything that's somewhat salvageable. Yeah, and they resell it, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, yeah. it's recycling to another level, and I think it's fantastic. It's really popular yeah. here in the states. And I thought going to the restore store, <laughs> yeah, um, but they're not open yet, mm. and buying a solid core door. But most of those have, you know, they're not just a flat piece of wood. Yeah. But I thought getting something like that, find someone with a planer that can really plane it down to just a, a flat piece of wood, cut it to size, and, and start working with that. Yeah, isn't it kind of ridiculous that where we've got to is that if you want a solid piece of wood, you have to go and take something else and kind of extract the wood from it rather than being able to go out and buy it anymore. I, I tell you, I, I, I was, when I was searching for her stuff, uh, before we decided to build our own, I was finding people who were taking old lumber, yeah, or cut down trees, yeah, that they would just the bark was still on it, yeah, and they were varnishing it and they were doing all the stuff to it so you can actually use it as a desk and it's just a giant piece of a tree, and some of those were just amazing. They oh, were yeah. way expensive, yeah, but wow, they were just amazing. I, I didn't want it because I don't want you know yeah. slivers and... and and some you know sometimes you can. You go to antique stores, you can find bureaus and things like that that actually, you know, you can either use as a basis for, you can just use as they come, depending on your requirements, um, rather than buying kind of the modern stuff. But it depends. The difficulty with vintage furniture is it's often designed for, certainly in the UK, it's designed for larger houses than most of us actually have now. I couldn't put any vintage furniture in, uh, furniture in this house because the house is... It's not, it's not the house is small, but the spaces are not usable because right. um, it's a modern house and it's designed in a modern way. Uh, and there's just not a lot of usable space and storage and things like that in the house where you can put well, big bits of furniture in. Well, what I got addicted to on Facebook um, were some of these restore videos. Yeah. You know, I started with some, you know, hey, I'm going to restore this uh, Commodore computer. Yeah. Okay. Um. And the guy talks a lot, and he explains every step, and some of it's a little insipid. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to, this guy is just annoying to me. But then I found this guy. It might have actually been through somebody else on Facebook that I found it, but I don't know. Um, I found this guy. He never talks. You never hear, you never see what he looks like. He never talks. He'll show you a whole bunch of 
like he'll find it like an old um i don't know uh, some me- old mechanical thing yeah right it's all rusty and you think oh that's a piece of garbage and you know of course it was thrown out and he has you know sandblasting and he knows what chemicals to use and body fill kind of stuff to when he's done with it like he'll he'll find like an old press that is completely rusted up and is junk found out in the woods and it's got 20 years worth of rust built up and it was sunk in dirt he'll clean it he'll sandblast it it is amazing the things that when he's done you're just like holy crap so i have a tv show for you yeah um there's a very popular show that's started over here i think it's about four or five years ago now but it's become really mainstream the last, oh i know which one it is the repair shop yep i've yeah. got i watch that on youtube yeah it's, or no uh faith um no it's not it's on um i think it's on netflix okay all right in the, in the u.s yeah. or amazon one of those right, two they've okay. got up to season yeah. three or four now so yeah so we, we're watching the current season it's a big popular mainstream show now in mm-hmm. britain and it's amazing what they do and it's the same I, thing and i like the people yeah. and they've got what like five guys in there and exactly. each one kind of specialized in their own thing yeah. and someone will bring in like an old lamp and uh, they're yeah. going to restore it some yeah. of the stuff they do is i mean they they take these vintage objects which, like i was saying to you before about uh julian the desk with the story you know yeah. each of these obviously you know it's a real show they select these people but they they choose people who have stories associated with their objects you know yes. it was a family heirloom oh my grandmother used to play with me with this when yeah, we were I've kids and all that them. yeah and they yeah. and they bring I, these things yeah they bring these things in and they look like ass they really do my and, my only problem with that show is they try to show two or three things yeah in one show and, yeah. and you and they don't get into the nitty-gritty no, it is, that but, i really yeah. want to see because i i think because um you know because it's a it's a mainstream show it's not a technical show but so they show the process of refurbishing these items but they yeah they don't tell you how to do it it's just you know but the results are astonishing how good they are able to return most of these things and there was one that i saw recently where this this lady brought in a portrait painting of one of her ancestors and it you know i mean it it, it had holes in it and all sorts i just thought they're not gonna be able to do anything with that surely and and when when they were finished it was so professionally restored it looked like it was freshly painted but still looks old you know um, my it, mechanics is the name of the station uh, the show on youtube he's got 1.44 million subscribers uh he's got a bunch of videos i've watched probably a good quarter of his videos yeah um if that um he's really good and he's he's one of those guys that doesn't talk yeah. There's no insipid conversations that he's trying to entertain us. Uh, but there's like three or four shows that are exi- like one of them. This kind of amazed me. He has uh, an antique rusty hacksaw with a broken blade. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, well, it's got a broken blade, so he can't really restore the blade. Oh, no, he does. <laughs> the blade. And you can't tell because he does a close up of it. And you're like, holy, cr- this dude is. He's a wizard. Yeah, man. I can see that because you know, just looking at the at the front page here, you're seeing some of the before and afters, and you're thinking, oh, oh, "Wow, this is." There's no way. How but, did he do that? Yeah, and, and magic. I, I, the, in fact, the same one I already want to watch, which is the um, he's taking a stainless bolt and he turns it into a combination lock. Yeah, which in itself, the lock he produces is a thing of beauty. I I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm like, wow. This is my afternoon now. Is watching this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really good. The uh, antique hand cranked grinder. 
you know, I thought, well, he can't use the old grinding wheel itself. Nope, he does. Yeah. Uh, but he's got all everything. He can make his own screws and bolts. Yeah. I saw this one that he had this big piece of metal with it that he had to replace, but he used that piece of metal to make new screws. I'm like, this dude's a freaking wizard, man. I don't know how it. Um, he has an iconic French wonder lamp. That one was really interesting. But just when he's done with it, it looks better than brand new. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. I, I, I'm really into watching this stuff. By the way, don't watch it if you've been drinking at night and you're getting tired because you will get it will put you to sleep. Yeah. Not that it's not interesting. Mm. It's just there's no talking. Well, the, you know, the real risk with me is I'll watch one of these and think, oh, I can do that. Before or not, I'll have been on eBay and bought a whole load of <laughs> antique metal things. Yeah. <laughs> and That's I, the thing. And I, I won't be able do to do it because I, I, no. you know. Well, you don't, you got to, number one, if you're going to work with old metal, you have to have a sandblaster. Yeah. You just have to, there's no, oh, I didn't see this one. This one's kind of cool. An antique soldering iron blowtorch. Wow. Ooh, I'm going to watch that one. Um, I, but I like it when people kind of repurpose old things and that's, we've, we've talked about that on tech fans since we started using vintage computers and, and in some respects, look, I've got a MacBook pro sitting here that I think for most people would have been retired. Yeah. In fact, it was retired. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I follow a, there's a, a subreddit, um, I follow called retro battle stations which is obviously for people who like using old computers. And you regularly see on there, somebody will say, another one that I saw this morning, this guy had gotten three G5 Power Macs, a G4 Power Mac, and two um, Apple Cinema displays, you know, the aluminium ones. Yeah, I just paid, brought it up. Yeah, he paid £100 for them. And it was just like, because, yeah, the, the, the guy the guy he bought them from, basically said, well, he says, you can buy them from me if you want, otherwise... I'm throwing them out because I need the space. And it, it's kind of sad, really. Yeah, I there's one that uh, was posted 17 hours ago. I've got guy got a uh, neighbor was going to throw them in the trash. It's a uh, a flat panel iMac, but the glossy screen, or yeah. you know, glossy plastic one. And then two lampshade iMacs. Yeah. Keyboards, everything, even if they don't work. I've always kind of wanted to do something with the lampshade iMac. To turn it into like a retro gaming machine, completely gut it. I don't care about running Mac OS on it. Yeah, but but remember, I was the guy along with Chad Perry that took an Atari twenty six hundred and turned it into a Mac. Yeah, mm-hmm. and made a really bad TV show of it in four episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was I was way into American Chopper at the time. Um, but yeah, no, this is a cool subreddit sub edit sub Reddit. Yep. Um, it's too bad Reddit is such a shitty place. Well, you, you know what? I, I, I'm a big fan of Reddit. You just have to, there's two things, two rules of Reddit. First of all, you have to ignore things like the reposts and the, the people trying to, you know, the karma farmers who are just trying to post things to get a reaction and stuff like that. You just need to learn to let that go. And then the second thing is you've got to learn, you've got to realize that when you're talking to people on Reddit, a lot of them are idiots and dicks, and so you just have to not get drawn into arguments with them, because yeah. you know there's an awful lot of immaturity on there. It's it's kind of like a mild version of 4chan, and um, you kind of have to move past that and just try and focus on the content. And there's also a lot of really there's a lot of lazy people on Reddit, so somebody will you know um, 
it's it's almost like that internet meme of uh, oh look my kitchen's on fire and uh, before I called the fire brigade I took a picture for Instagram. A lot of people on Reddit seem to be like that. It's like rather than figuring out their own problems, they just go they, they just want to ask the group think and do yeah. no research whatsoever. Oh, and then and then of course because as I said, a lot of them are idiots and dicks that you'll give people advice and then they'll start arguing with you about the advice and it's just like, you know. So there's an awful lot of that. But having said that, some of the content is quite interesting. Um, oh, and, someone's got a OLPC. I always kind of wanted one of those. I, I've always wanted one of those as well. But you know, I mean, they they couldn't get more ugly, but I kind of like them. Well, I I like the concept behind them, and it would be interesting to see how oh, yeah. how it worked. You know, even though it was. I guess in modern times it was be seen to be uh, um, white savior type thing, you know, giving free, yep. free computers to Africans. But. Well, let's wrap up this episode of Tech Fan Warrior Hour. David, as always, it was fun to talk. Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners. The show at techfanpodcast.com, or you can go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and uh, leave a comment. We will read them here on the show. We didn't get anything from the last episode, so hit us up. Yep. Um, of course, we would love it if you gave a listen to our other show, which if you're subscribed to Tech Fan, you've been hearing it. And, uh, it, it, you know, our other show, uh, Geeks Pub, um, there's never uh, a dearth of content. Yeah. Because it's pretty much everything. But <laughs> Tech Fan is kind of like that, too. So <laughs> yep. I'll see you next week, David. See you then. Bye.